and Christ in you. We thank God for bringing us together once again. It's always a joy to be in the presence of the Lord. I want to apologize for coming late. Um, I have a friend's daughter with me who will have to catch a flight. So I thought I could come with her and immediately after the message, I can lead her to the airport. But she delayed me, so I had to leave and come. It means that I have to close, go back, pick her. And that's what I was trying to avoid. I'm sorry for that. I'm sure you've pardoned me. All right, okay. We want to quickly look at the subject, the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. The cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Shall we read from Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 3? And I'll read from the New International Version. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Amen. Isaiah gives us a prophetic message concerning Jesus' crucifixion and his suffering. And this prophecy was given many, many, many years, even before the advent of Jesus Christ. And this confirms to us that God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. In fact, there is nothing that is hidden from God. So Isaiah gave this prophecy that there's going to be a shoot from the root of JC. And that root is going to go through pain and suffering that no one has ever had. And that was going to purchase our freedom and was going to give us divine redemption and healing from God. It was as if nothing or it was not going to come through. But when the time came, Jesus was crucified. And I'm sure that what he went through, Isaiah gave a vivid description even before Jesus went through. And so every prophecy to prove that this is from God must have come through. Praise the Lord. Now, the description Isaiah gave and what Jesus went through was such that no one could phantom that somebody could ever go through that. There had been many crucifixions even before Jesus. I hope you know that. Jesus is not the only one who was crucified. Crucifixion was a form of punishment for the, 
the, the wildest offender. So anyone who goes to the cross was considered as the, the, the baddest of all persons on earth. So Jesus' penalty was something that had happened before. But his case was different because it was with so much cruelty that no one could endure that yet they subjected him to that. And you see, it tells us how grievous our offense were because he died in our place. He did not sin. In fact, those who crucified him knew that he had no sin in him. But they found a way to make him or to accuse him for claiming that he is the son of God. Another um, accusation they had was that he said he was going to demolish the temple in Jerusalem and in three days he was going to build it. This was a spiritual issue but they took it lightly and so they based on these and others to crucify him just because they felt threatened by his presence. My prayer is that as believers because we have the spirit and the power of God within us Satan should be very comfortable wherever we are. Hallelujah. Satan should never be fine when he sees us. Not at all. And as I said, it was to pay for our penalty. What does it mean? It means that if we reject the cross of Calvary, then we meet the inflexible consequence of eternal condemnation. Once you reject it, it means that you are doomed, you are condemned to hell. There is no two ways about this. There is no controversy about the cross. Not at all. But those who, re who accept the cross also receive eternal life. Eternal life. So the, 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 the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross tells us that that was how much our sins were before God. And by that, if anyone rejects the cross, then he has subjected himself or herself to eternal condemnation. And if anyone also accepts the cross, then that person has given himself God's strategic grace Hallelujah. And God would lavishly pour upon you all that is in him. In fact, someone has said that if we invoke the cross and the blood of Christ, God rises with so much passion to attend to our needs. Praise the Lord. Because on the cross, we saw Jesus going through pain and suffering, yet God looked at him. And in the seven words on the cross, you realize that Jesus' eye was fixed on God, even in that. So let me mention some of, the, some of them for you. The first one in Luke chapter 23, verse 34 Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. 
somebody going through pain, but his focus, his eye was still on his father. Because it was him all must bow to. So even in suffering, Jesus still looked up to his father. Again, he said in Matthew 27 verse 46 that my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt forsaken because how could somebody go through this? And God the father would not stretch his hand to save him. At least, even if you will not save him, soothe his pain for him. But God allowed him to go through everything and he felt it. He felt it within his body. Why did he go through all that? It was because of your sins and my sins. And that was what we should have gone through. And I tell you, no one could go through that. Even if we should go through that, your blood is already stained, so it is still powerless. Thanks be to Jesus that he was there for us. The Bible says God demonstrated his love towards us in that whilst we were sinners and condemned, Christ died for us. Praise the Lord. So he was forsaken because of us. Even in that, he still looked up to God. He also said in Luke chapter 19 verse 28, I test. Some people think that um, the I test was referring to the people who was crucifying him. No. Because they could not give him water. He didn't need water from them. But the test was a test to drink of God's Goodness, a test to drink of God's grace, a test to drink of God's mighty hand, maybe to save him. I test. When they heard it, quickly, what did they bring to him? So you see, if you lose focus from God to any other thing, it is sinking sand. You will never get what you desire from human beings. No. You can get it today, but tomorrow you may not get it. The Bible says, curse is anyone who trusts in man. So even there, Jesus still trusted God. and said, even in my pain, I still test for you. I still long for you. You are my all. Because of time, let me end with the, the, the words. But these things that Jesus said were the very thing that touched God's heart. Probably God was saying, after all this, you still look up to me. After all this, you still trust in me. Then, whatever will come out of this will become my source of power to save humankind. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, out of the seven words of Jesus, about four of them were directed towards God, looking up to him. I want to ask you, where is your focus? Who do you look up to? Is it anything on this earth? Or you look up to him alone? You can look up to the cross and there is always salvation and freedom. In fact, by the cross, we have access into the throne of God. Praise God. The lesson we need to pick up here is that the cross 
and the blood are used interchangeably. When you talk of the cross, definitely the, the blood comes in. Because what makes the cross different is the blood. Because I've said that many people had also gone through crucifixion before. But the difference between them and this one, Jesus' crucifixion, is the blood. So the lesson is that the cross and the blood introduces the sinner to a deeper intimacy with God. If we want to have an intimacy, a relationship with God, it is the cross and the blood that serves as the bedrock. That is our foundation. That is our, our beginning. Anyone who would ever have any kind of intimacy with God, a meaningful intimacy with God, you cannot do it without the blood. Hallelujah. We would say that the blood is the start point of an eternal fellowship with God. I pray that the blood of Jesus will plead your cause for you. I pray that if you have not known Jesus this morning, the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than that of Abel is still available and it will plead your cause. Hallelujah. John chapter 6 verse 53 to 54 and then 56 gives us um, an illustration of what we have just said. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. This is the relationship we have with God and it is from the blood. Whoever eats literally means whoever believes, whoever accepts. Of course, you cannot eat the flesh of Jesus Christ. We are not carnivores. You cannot eat that one. But what it means is that whoever believes in my death, in my crucifixion, in the blood that flowed on the cross of Calvary, whoever believes that this was to purchase the redemption of humankind, whoever believes has eternal relationship with God. He said, that person remains in Christ and I, Christ, will remain in him. So there is that uh, relationship, very deep, Hallelujah. That is why if anyone has not known Christ, that person, we need to pray for that person. It doesn't matter how good he may be in the society. It doesn't matter how brilliant he may be. But if you do not know Christ Jesus, in fact, it is very, very, very sad for you. Because after all that you would do, Jesus will tell you, I do not know you. Some people do good and they, they think that that is salvation. Some people have some mentors, some men of God as mentors, and they think that that is salvation. Some people use Christian jargons and slogans, and they think that is salvation. That is not salvation. Some people belong to the church. Their names are found in the church's register, and so on and so forth. Some people may even be leaders in the church. Some people have money to support the church and so on and so forth. They have brilliant ideas to give to the church in its administration. And sometimes 
they think that that is salvation. None of these constitute salvation. In fact, it does not mean anything to God. What is of importance is that one will believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he died to save us. And by that, anyone who believes would receive eternal life. Just that. And sometimes because it is seemingly simple, people think that it is not enough to give us salvation. And so Paul said to the Corinthian church that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who believe, it is the power of God unto salvation. Because if we were to pay for our salvation, how many of us could get money to pay that one? The medium of exchange, the currency that Jesus used to purchase our redemption is the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us that you were saved not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with, with unperishable, with the blood of Christ. So if silver and gold will perish, then what else can buy our freedom? Accept the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope we are together. And you see, what makes Jesus fight or rise for us or God intervening for us at all times concerning the blood is that the suffering that Jesus went through 2,000 years plus ago is still always fresh in the mind of God. So when a sinner comes to God, it is fresh in the mind of God. When the Christian comes to God to plead for the blood of Jesus, it is still fresh in the mind of God. And it is as if it is still happening. And that is why it will speak better things for you. That of Abel speaks of vengeance. But that of Jesus Christ will speak of forgiveness. Will speak of mercy. It will speak of grace. Hallelujah. As we have come to dine with the Lord, I want you to know what the blood of Jesus means to us. So Paul said that if you come to dine with the Lord, anytime you come, you proclaim the death of Jesus Christ until he comes. So when we come to communion service, it is a reminder of our source of salvation. And it is a reminder of the the responsibility placed on us after salvation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, Calvary and the blood of Jesus Christ shook heaven to the core. It shook heaven to the very, very core. It touched God's heart so much that God had to rise and wake for his people. Hebrews 9.14 How much more shall the blood of Christ who brought the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Another point of interest that we need to know here is that what helped Jesus to go through the pain of crucifixion is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit. God was looking up to him. 
He turned his face away from him. He was all alone on the cross. What else would help him? So Hebrews introduces us to the presence of the Holy Spirit to help Christ and by extension to help us who believe in him. So he said, Hebrews 9.14, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. So you see the trinity working here. Cleanse your conscience from dead works so that we can serve the living God. Hallelujah. So it is the spirit that helped Christ to go through all the agony that he went through. What does it mean? For us as Christians, if we come to know Christ, you cannot do it without the Spirit of God. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain you. Yesterday I was uh, having a counseling session with someone and the person said, Pastor, from the beginning of this year up to now, I don't remember ever smiling. Not to talk of laugh, laughing. I've never smiled. One problem to the other, from one to the other, one to the other. Succession of problems. Then I told the person that have you heard about Job? He said yes. Okay. What do you know about Job? And then talked about it. I said, that's fine. So that is his testimony. What is your testimony? And he was looking at me. I said, what is your testimony? We can easily talk about people's testimony and make joyful noise unto God and for that person. But what is your testimony? God gives us testimony when we go through very difficult times. It is enough of people's stories and testimonies. We must have our own. And to have your own testimony, sometimes you may have to go through very turbulent times. And that is why you need the Spirit of God to empower you every day of your life so that you'll be able to stand and stand for him in those times. Amen. Jesus needed an angel to help him go through Gethsemane. I hope you remember. Let's read from Luke chapter 22 verse 43. Luke gospel chapter 22 verse 43. And then we read um, Alright. An angel from heaven appeared appeared to him and strengthened him. This was in Gethsemane. An angel of the Lord appeared from heaven and helped him go through Gethsemane. There it was not about the cross. That was before the cross. But when he got to the cross, the Holy Spirit himself helped him from Hebrews 9.14. The Holy Spirit himself helped him. So you see, sometimes, some of the things you go through, your friend can help you. 
Maybe your guardian angel can help you. But some of them, they don't even have eyes to see what you go through. They don't even have the spiritual eye to see the storms that is blowing in your mind, in your emotions. They don't have, so they cannot even help you. You try to explain to them, they still cannot phantom. And it is in this state that you need the Holy Spirit who searches the heart and knows the intent of the mind. And he knows everything about us, including even our emotions, our feelings. He knows it all. And so he's able to help us. Praise the Lord. I pray that the Spirit of God will become our friend. Our friend. Our closest friend. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to empower him, how much more you and I, we need him more than ever before. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me try to summarize. Eh? <laughs> what is the value of the blood of Christ? What is the value of the blood of Christ? Sometimes, generally, you know the value of something based on what you have to pay to acquire it. For example, if you have to buy this microphone, you have many models or types. You have to buy this one for, say, 10,000 CDs, and another microphone is costing about 3,000. Generally, the belief is that the 3,000 is better, is quite durable than this one. I hope that is the case. Good. Even though sometimes it might not be so. <laughs> right. But of course, quality things are expensive. This one we must understand. Anything quality, it's expensive. You cannot you cannot have quality cheap, no. So if you value quality, then you go in for it at all cost. But those who do not, anything goes. Once he says, and it is with us all. <laughs> but at least you, for some, you want some a mic that you don't need to take it too close to your mouth. At a distance, it's, it should still be able to serve the pepper. Because when it gets too close, that you know what happens. Too much droplets, it doesn't help. <laughs> so this one, is it? Which type is that? <laughs> all right. Praise the Lord. So the value is dependent on um, the, 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 what you are looking at. So what is the value of the blood of Christ? What is the value? Or what is the weight on the blood of Christ Jesus? The Bible has made it clear that the life of every creature is in the blood. The life of every creature is in the blood. So if that is the case, once the blood pours out, there is no life in that creature. There's no life. So if the blood of Jesus Christ was poured down for us, what does it mean? Let us read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamp without blemish 
or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Hallelujah. So here, it was the blood of Christ that carried us from the miry clay into his great grace. And if the life of every creature is in the blood, then it means that the blood is very valuable. But what makes the blood of Christ different is that this blood is without defect. It is without blemish. That is why it is able to give us salvation. That is why even on the cross, Jesus asked that God forgive them. So even on the cross, even before he died, he was still pleading for sinners so that they would not be dealt with according to their sins. Before this time, the high priest had to the tabernacle to offer sacrifices year after year. Because the blood of sheep, the bulls, uh, with blame. Okay? Now, this blood of Christ without blemish means that Jesus had to offer the sacrifice once and for all. So that he doesn't have to go to the cross year after year. Or he doesn't have to go to the cross for you when he finishes, he come to go for you, then what will remain of him? <laughs> right? So if he is to go to the cross one by one for all of us, that he will have to go through this pain every now and then. By the time he finishes yours and come, you have done another one. So <laughs> you have to go back. <laughs> but Jesus' blood is so powerful, without blemish, no stain that he did it once and it is atoning forever. Hallelujah. I hope you are getting to the point. And that is why if you neglect the blood, you can never be forgiven. You can never be forgiven. Let's pray for sinners because it's dangerous for them. If you forget the blood, if you neglect, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 and 3 that how can we escape the wrath of God if we neglect such a great salvation? You cannot escape it. Don't neglect it. If you are here and you don't know Christ, maybe you were born into the church. We thank God for that. But that alone is not enough. You need to come into personal relationship with God. Hallelujah. I think I have to end. I have to end so that we can go on to the others. Pardon me. Right. Now, if we have the blood doing such for us, coming to God, what kind? Oh, yeah, I know it. I know it. <laughs> but it's fine. That's good. It's good. So if we have the blood doing all this for us, after we have come, what next? This is where I will end. What next? Now that the blood has purchased our freedom, now that we have come to him, now that we have been forgiven, now that we are called sons and daughters of God, what next? What should we do? First Peter 2.9 
But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may take note of this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Very interesting. We are a chosen people because we have believed in Christ. We are saved. We are born again. We are a royal priesthood. So every child of God is a priest. I hope you know that. You are a priest. You are a priest. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. For what purpose? That you may. The introduction of may tells us that some people may not or will not. True or false? This is English. So it means that there are some chosen generation, some holy nation, some people who are priests, but they will not glorify God. That's what it means. There are some Christians who may not glorify God by their way of life, by their conduct. So the Bible says that now that we are saved, we have to declare the praise of him who called us from darkness into his marvelous light. That is the responsibility placed on us after salvation. It is in doing this that we shall receive crowns we shall receive crowns. So beloved in the Lord, let us not just be passive in our fellowship with God, but let us be very active doing the work of God. Let us do something for him at all times because we are to declare his praises to the nations. Where do you declare the, 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 the glory? To those who do not know him. To those who do not know him. 1 Peter 1, 17, 19, and 22. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. So after salvation, live out your life as foreigners in reverent fear. Mm -hmm. But I'm jumping them. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you may have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. First um, Peter 1, 17, 19, and 22. I just picked them out. But to rephrase them or to reframe them may be my personal rendition by the Spirit leading these three texts or verses will read like this. Maybe it will come out clearly for you. Having been bought with the precious blood of Christ, sincerely love one another deeply from your heart and live out your time on earth as foreigners in reverent fear. So this is my 
my version. <laughs> my, my version of the text we have just read. So all that I'm trying to say by way of conclusion is that once we have come to know Christ, once the blood has plead, pleaded for us, once we are children of God, that is not all. The Bible says that we have to love one another deeply and sincerely. If you want to know about love, go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and it will tell you all about love. And then live out your time on earth. Live out. Hope you understand. You live it out. It must show. You live it within and it must show on the outside. So our Christian life must be seen by all. You live out your time or your life on earth as foreigners. Foreigners don't do things like citizens. No. Because you don't belong there. All that you do, you have at the back of your mind one day you go to your hometown or your country. Shall we please rise to our feet? One day we shall go to heaven. That is where we are coming from. One day we will leave out of here. So let us leave our citizens of heaven and not citizens on earth. We want to thank God for the blood. We want to thank God for the blood. Shall we lift up our voice? Let us thank God for the blood of Christ. For the blood of Christ. That has purchased our redemption. That has brought us this great salvation. And it is still powerful even today. Even today. It speaks forgiveness. This morning if you are here. And you require forgiveness. Even as a Christian, the blood of Christ is speaking for you. It still speaks for you. It still speaks for you. May we pray and plead that the blood will forgive those sins inside of our heart and our minds. Those that we have committed on the outside. We want to pray to God that God will have mercy. Plead the cause of the blood. Plead the cause blood. Lift up your voice somebody and pray that the Lord through the blood will forgive you. If you are a child of God and you have sinned the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Shall we pray and plead the cause of the blood that the blood will speak for you will speak forgiveness. Lift up your voice somebody and pray. Anyone who comes to him, he would not cast away. Let's run to him right now. Let's run to him right now. In the, on the cross, he purchased our redemption. He forgave our past sins. He still forgives our present sins. And he will forgive even our future and unknown sins. That is how powerful and valuable the blood of Christ is. I want to and seek the face of God. Plead the cause of the blood. Iandelebo kapashe de bedika panda. Iandelebo shakende debora pasatende. Rabado shakende liskatayandaba. Iandelebo shadadadaba kushande. Roba has.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are here, you do not know Christ. You have not personally accepted him. I want to give you that opportunity. That not let, do not let this day pass. The Bible says, if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. This morning, if you want to give your life to Christ, maybe if you have not accepted him, please, you may lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. If you want to sincerely give your life to Christ, if you want to have that fellowship with him, lift up your right hand and I'll commit you to God and then pray with you. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, I am free. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, I am free. For of the Lamb is my ransom. I am free, free, free. Oh, for the blood of the Lamb is my ransom. I am free, free, free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, I am free. chapter 12 verse 11 the bible says they triumph over him the dragon by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony so the blood of the lamb is a weapon that we use against the devil we I what you may be going through whatever challenge me, I want to invoke the blood of the lamb right now lift up your voice Invoke the blood of the Lamb right now. Invoke the blood of the Lamb. Shall we please take our seat, beloved? For the blood 
something, some life that you want to drop or that you must drop, I want you to pray right now that as you come to the Lord's table from this day, you drop them. You cannot exchange anything for the blood. You cannot exchange anything for this intimacy with God. You cannot drop them. Drop them. Ooh, for the blood of the land is my ransom. I am free, free, for the blood, for the blood. Heavenly Father, we have come to you this morning. We commit the bread and wine to your care. May you sanctify it and may it. We pray and we invoke the power of your blood that it will bring, it will bring joy. It will bring hope as we walk with you. May it quicken our spirits anew and may it set fire for you. We pray, O oh God, may it bring revival in the name of Jesus. If there is any sickness hiding in anybody, be it in the blood, in the veins, in the bones, even in the marrows, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we invoke your healing power in the name of Jesus. Your power of healing in your blood. Healing, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O oh God. We bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right, so please, our leaders will take the 
bread and the wine round as you do so that you take it when it gets to your turn. Right. Thank you. For the blood of the Lamb is my ransom. I am free. Oh, 